Dan Titus here with the Action Network, ready to get buckets. That's right. This is the Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Crazy, we're already in week six. So I'm joined with my boy, Adam Koffler, as usual. We're going to switch things up a little bit. We're just going to talk about hoops, what happened in week five, and things that you should look forward to in week six. So let's just get into it, man. Yeah, I'm excited not to be in in uh, in segment hell. So let's uh, let's just <laughs> let's just get rolling into some of these some of the plays that we saw last week and some of the guys that we were looking at uh, moving forward. Yeah. Segment purgatory. It seems like, um, yeah, I'm pretty happy. I'm wearing my birds hat. We just got a victory over the saints film. So feeling pretty good about that, but uh, Philly man, Tyrese Maxey, we've been talking about him a lot, um, at least in the preseason as it started to go into the regular season. And there's a lot of question marks just around just the fact that, you know, when is Ben Simmons coming back? Well, he's not around. He isn't coming back anytime soon. And it just so happens that Joel Embiid has also been out for COVID protocols. And the, the Sixers has just been injury marred throughout most of the season. But the one consistent thing that we've seen is Tyrese Maxey just becoming a true point guard, man. And the thing that's most impressive to me is that he's only accumulated four turnovers in the last seven games. That's crazy for a point guard. I mean, if you look at his last two games, 23 with nine dimes, the game before that, 22 with four dimes. Talk to me about Maxi, man, and why this guy should be. I mean, he's 82% owned now. I think the, the market's finally caught up to him, but uh, 37 overall right now. Yeah, we're a fantasy basketball podcast, but at the same time, like the way Tyrese Maxi's playing right now, I'm, I'm here to tell you that if Joel Embiid didn't play the, the next, you know, few months, Tyrese Maxi would be an all-star. And I, I, I wholeheartedly mean that. And there's the ability, there's the ability, like he should be in the most improved player race as well. Yeah, right? he should. He's yeah, got to be. Totally he's got to be up. He, he's got to be up there with Miles Bridges uh, and a couple other guys. John uh, Moran's like, probably uh, up there right now just because he took that that uptick in points. But yeah, right, no doubt. Like so, yeah, those guys. So, so Tyrese Maxey's right up there with them. Like you said, like the last. So even even with Joel and being the lineup, he was doing pretty well. But in the month of November, he's played eleven games, twenty point four points, five and a half assists, and one steal in in thirty seven minutes a game. Like you said, zero point eight turnovers per game. That's insane. For Crazy. a second year guard, dude, it's like he's like Tyrese Halliburton, but he scores like double the amount of points. What is like this is crazy, man. And Joel Embiid apparently's got uh, symptoms with COVID. He had COVID, so like this might be an ongoing thing where like Embiid is not, you know, what we the Sixers need him to be, which is going to be fantastic for Tyrese Maxey's rest of season value. Um, I, I think he's a player that I want to go acquire because I think I think there's going to be a lot of value there moving forward with or without Joel Embiid. Yeah, this isn't a sell-high moment. He's getting it, man. He's got the minutes. He shoots threes. He's putting points on the board. He's he's filling up the rebounds along with assists. I agree with you, man. He's got to be in the conversation for most improved player. Um, so let's go to another guy that I wanted to talk about that's come off of um, uh, back spasms, but he's really hitting the ground running. That's Kristaps Porzingis. Granted, you know, Luka Doncic has missed most of the week with an injury, but Porzingis is literally second-best player only to Stephen Curry over the course of the last week. So I know you were high on Porzingis coming into the season. Is this what you expected? Yes, this is exactly what I expected. And that's, I think that's the thing about Chris S. Porzingis is people have this, you know, frame of mind that Chris S. Porzingis isn't 
you know, he's either injury prone or not that good when he plays. Last season and the season before, he was a top 25 player in nine cat on a per game basis. And guess what? He's healthy this season right now. And guess what? He's doing it again. Like there's, there's reason, there's reason to believe that this is going to continue for Chris Porzingis. Well, while we're recording in the first half of today's game, today's Mavericks Clippers game, he went for uh, 15 points, eight rebounds and a block in the first half. He's on pace for 30, 16 and two blocks. <laughs> These lines that he's putting up are just insane. And if he's healthy, he's going to continue to produce as a top 20 player with the efficiency, uh, the threes and the blocks. So yeah, I'm all over Porzingis. I don't know that uh, his fantasy manager uh, in your league thinks he's as good as he really is, but for me, he's a, he's a top 15, 20 guy and should be treated as such moving forward. Yeah. He's, he's, he's doing it across the board, man. And I think it's, it certainly helped. He's the focal point of the offense without Luca there, which is what I think he always wanted. He got tired of being that, that one B. Um, So right now he's showing out along with Jalen Brunson. Shout out to my boy, Jalen Brunson, who I've been touting since week (laughs) one. This man has been cooking. I mean, granted, now he's got a little bit more playing time with Luca out, but this guy's been a top 30 player over the last, the last week, man. He got a double, double uh, first one of his career, at least the one in a while. So yeah, I'm I'm hyped about Jalen Brunson getting some run right now. Yeah. He's a six man. He's a six man of the year candidate. It looks like. Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but he's definitely, he's definitely doing fantasy work though. Um, the other guy I want to chat about is Jimmy Butler. And I didn't, I want to, I'll consider this a miss. Like I didn't, I didn't think that Jimmy Butler was going to be a top 20 player probably because I, I don't know, man, it just, they got Kyle Lowry there now. And then I expected Bam out of bio to take that next level up. And we've seen Tyler hero. He's your sixth man of the year for real, for real, uh, right now. And, um, but Jimmy, last week, man, 31 points, six rebounds, six assists, two steals, ugh, 58% from the field. He's a stud. And uh, I think the only risk you really have is him maybe sitting out some games here and there. But he looks like he's going to be probably a top, I'd say a prop t- top 12 player the rest of the season. And that's what he was. That's what he was a season ago. We all, I did the same thing on my, on my show, show notes I have man, I wish I wouldn't have faded Jimmy Butler this offseason. And that's exactly, that's exactly what you just said, right? We all faded yeah. him because Kyle Lowry's coming in, taking some of the assist numbers. And guess what? Kyle Lowry has done just that. He's taken some of the, those assists from Jimmy Butler. But guess what? It doesn't matter. Like, Jimmy Butler's still producing as a top 10 player, shooting over 50% from the field, taking like 16 shots a game. The shot attempts are up. Um, the, the free throw percentage is great. The steals are exactly what they were last season. It's a guy that you you now know ex- with Miami, you know, you know exactly what you're going to get from Jimmy Butler. And he's producing at that high level again. And the dip in assists isn't enough to, to haunt his fantasy value. So that's another player that I wish I had more of on my teams. And he's, a, he's kind of a steady guy moving forward here. So I want to chat briefly about Giannis, just because he's just been putting up ridiculous numbers over the last week. He absolutely torched the Lakers, which I think is a, something that we could see going forward. I mean, I know LeBron is active on Sunday, so their team should be a little bit better. But, I mean, Giannis over the last three games, man, 33 points, 16 rebounds, five dimes, 1.7 steals, and three blocks. Just disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. That's why you pay a premium. No, no matter whether you're in a points league or a head-to-head league, Giannis is your guy for head to, for any format, man. Like, he has the potential. The ceiling of Giannis is like, it's only him and Jokic to me 
that really have that upside and they can just fill out literally every statistical category and win you volume stats. Yeah, no doubt. He's there's not, there's not really much else to say about Giannis. He's shooting the same free throw percentage that he was last season in the upper sixties, which isn't great, but you know, if, if you went into the season and you drafted Giannis with your first round pick and you decided to punt free throws, Giannis is like the number one overall player in the league. If you decided to go with that strategy. So uh, if you're in a punt free throw build, that's, that's the glue guy, man. Giannis is going to get it done night in and night out. Right. Um, so news hot off the press. Luke Walton's been fired by the Sacramento Kings, which actually isn't a surprise because he's been on the hot seat for quite some time now. So it looks like Alvin Gentry is going to be stepping in as the head coach of the Sacramento Kings. Did a little homework uh, because we know that, you know, Darren, Darren Fox has been one of the more struggling point guards in the league this year, especially from a fantasy perspective, those that paid up for a second, third round pick for him. He has not been performing as such, but Alvin Gentry, man, he might be, uh, be able to unlock Darren Fox here. We see like, I was looking back on the new Orleans Pelicans, drew holiday, really what he did under Alvin Gentry, pretty much the same thing, you know, like he, his scoring went up, uh, his efficiency, his, his assists. I, I think that this could be the thing that might unlock De'Aaron Fox, man. I think Alvin Gentry is actually a good thing for his fantasy value going forward. So I want to get your thoughts on what you think the prospects are for Sacramento without Luke Walton and potentially. Yeah. If, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the Pelicans were one of the fastest paced teams a season ago under uh, none, none other than Alvin Gentry and teams typically, you know, get up for a new coach. It's a, you get a whole new feeling in the locker room and such. And, and I do think this is good for all of the Kings fantasy value, including De'Aaron Fox, who's been a complete bust. I remember that we, you know, on this pod, we, d- we talked about how during our ESPN mock draft, De'Aaron Fox went first round. That was, <laughs> <laughs> that was a sick, a sickening decision that I saw. Gross. Um, yeah. But I think this is good for all the Kings. I think it's good for, uh, I mean, Harrison Barnes has been great so far this season. Um, I think this is good for his potential uh, going forward, I think he's probably still, you know, a top 50 ish guy with his, you know, high percentage shooting. It's good for Sean Holmes, but I think De'Aaron Fox should probably be, probably, be, probably get going under, under Alvin Gentry, much like uh, the. Go- yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I think um, we'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, we're going to run through a couple scenarios of, of what you can get for De'Aaron Fox or what just, what his market value is. Uh, just really interesting to see what kind of trades are going are going down for him right now. Um, a couple of players I wanted to mention just for their lack of fantasy production last week. Karis Levert, uh, really wondering what's going on with him. He only saw 16 and 17 minutes in his last two games and put up a whopping 16 and 18 minutes. Excuse me. Put up a whopping five points and six points. Didn't really do much else. Um had a total of three steals, uh, three assists in the last two games, total of six rebounds. And it's not like Chris Duarte is like doing anything spectacular either. I think he's a drop candidate right now. Um, so do you know what's going on with Karis LeVert? And are you concerned as a fantasy manager right now? I think the Pacers suck. And I think that's, that's, that's part <laughs> that's of the problem, one. right? They're, yeah. they're seven and they're seven and 11 right now. And I tweeted this the other day. I said, how can the team starting Brogdon, LeVert, Sabonis and Turner and Duarte has been pretty good. Be yeah, as yes. bad as the Pacers are, but you know. But then I got all these comments back, like, "Oh, Levert's not a team player, and and uh, Sabonis isn't uh, taking enough initiative, and he's not a defensive player either." 
And I just, I think it's a matter of, you know, a couple things. The Pacers, uh, they've, they've gotten blown out a couple games. So the minutes haven't been there. And then, you know, Lavert just hasn't played well and his looks like his confidence is a little bit down. So I, I think this is, this is likely more of a slump than anything else, but doesn't look like Lavert's fantasy value uh, is what you thought it would be coming to the season. Even, you know, uh, being injured to start the year, I think you expect a little bit more out of him. So he's been a disappointment of late, but look for him to get back on track and, I actually think it could be a pretty good buy low opportunity for Karis LeVert. Yeah, they just got to right the ship there. Um, yeah, I think initially it was just him just trying to get comfortable. But yeah, we, we've seen it. Not a good sign when you're only getting when you're getting less than 20 minutes. So yeah, we'll see what's going on with him and Rick Carlisle and whether he'll get that that those minutes up to uh, what we're expecting of him, which is around the 30 minute mark. So can we talk, yeah, what, can we talk about yeah. it? So, so before you continue, that, that sparked something in my mind. I want to talk about another guy who hasn't seen the minutes lately and, and uh, has been underperforming because of it. That's Kemba Walker, right? I, I know we were going to talk about Kemba Walker a little bit later, but it seems like a very similar situation. However, I don't see Walker's minutes coming back up and he scored in, he scored in, he scored single digit points in I think six of his last eight games. And again, we talked about this previously, the Knicks run one of the deepest backcourts in the league, you know, quickly Burks and Derek Rose, that's who Tom Thibodeau tends to go with uh, closing games. And Kevin Walker hasn't even been like a, a top 175 player the last couple of weeks. Like in my mind, he's a drop. He's an underperforming guy. That's actually a drop. And you wouldn't think, Oh, Kevin Walker, you know, he's got some name value there, but I just dropped him in the league for PJ Tucker. And I think that was the right decision. This is kind of why we were fading Kemba Walker initially in the beginning. I was more concerned about his injury um, history, but I think now it's just the, the Knicks are super deep and whether he goes off every every other game, that's probably likely. But to, to rely on him on a consistent basis in nine cat leagues, I don't think you can. I, I just don't like what I'm seeing out of the Knicks. They they blew they lost a couple of bad games as of late. Their their second unit is playing more efficiently than their first unit. So yeah, it's kind of a mess. And in ten team formats, I would 100 percent drop Kemba Walker. Uh, I think you're nearing that discussion of whether he should be dropped in 12 team formats. I mean, you're in all 12 team formats, right? So you already made the plunge. Exactly. Like there's some guys that when they underperform for a week or two, you have to kind of hold and see what they're going to do. Like, you know, even a guy like D'Anthony Melton, like he's getting, he's getting fewer minutes, but the stats that you, you want out of D'Anthony Melton are still there with the 20 minutes a game. He's getting a couple threes. The steals are still great. Like you got to hold on to a, a guy like that. But when Kemba Walker's minutes dip from like 28 to down to 20 and he's not doing anything besides scoring. And now he's not even scoring. Like you got, it, it's time to cut loose. Yeah. Um, so another guy, speaking of cutting loose, Chris, Chris Boucher, I, over the last three games, he's, he's been doing this, his thing in the rebounding ter- in the re- rebounding category, mainly because Precious Achua was out. We've seen Ken Birch go in and out. Um, and then also the, the Toronto Raptors being without OG Ananobi. So they've had to shuffle around their front court, but over the course of the season, man, he just hasn't hit 5.5 points, 4.3 rebounds, 0.3 assists. I'm not seeing a lot that makes me want to roster this guy. Um, do you do you see any upside with Chris Boucher? The problem right now looks like Nick Nurse doesn't trust Chris Boucher, and because of that, it's 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 one of the more difficult you know hold or drop decisions that people have to make because you know he's not he's not getting the minutes on a consistent basis, and he only typically gets the minutes in like really cake matchups. Like he got 24 minutes against Sacramento. You, you know the Raptors don't need Chris Boucher against Sacramento. And of course he goes, you know, 
10 points, 12 boards, yeah. two blocks. Yeah. Like, double, right. Double, like that's, yeah. but that's a, but that's a good line for a guy like Chris Boucher, right? That's what you expect out of him. But you know, every other game he's scoring like two points, three points, four points, you know, not like no other stats and, and he's playing fewer than 10 minutes. So Nick nurse has put, put way more trust into Ken Birch and precious Achua and precious Achua has really been a thorn in the side of Chris Boucher that, you know, we didn't expect when we were coming into the season that that Precious Achua would do what he's doing right now. Um, and I think, you know, playing the matchup is what is what Nick Nurse wants to do. And he clearly doesn't trust Boucher on the defensive end of the floor. So if you, if you had to drop Chris Boucher, I, I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be mad at you for doing so. But, you know, just understand that his upside is pretty immense if something happens to, you know, Birch and or uh, Achua uh, in the future. Yeah, his minutes just aren't consistent enough for me to get behind it. So. Yeah, if you if you have other waiver options that we'll probably talk about in a few, I would I would definitely cut bait. Um, so yeah, let's talk about some schedule stuff. So happy Thanksgiving, everyone. You know, it's coming up on Thursday. So there are gonna be no games on Thursday. So how should you navigate the week? Um, so Denver, the Denver Nuggets and the Dallas Mavericks are the only teams with only two games this week, as well as the only streaming days really are. Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday, because Monday and Wednesday, you're obviously going to have a full slate of games. There's going to be people on your bench that you're going to have to make tough start sit decisions. But there's only four games on Tuesday, eight games on Saturday, and five games on Sunday. So, Koffler, how, how do you approach this week, uh, given that there's no, no games on Thursday? Are there certain players that you're prioritizing over others uh, to pick up this week? Yeah, it's a really interesting week, right, with, with no games on Thursday, which is typically a light slate day anyway. But having 13 games on Wednesday and 12 games on Friday, like makes it sort of makes it sort of interesting. You're likely going to have guys that are playing on your bench. To be honest with you, I like waiting until, you know, Sunday to use my to use my pickups. You'll likely have guys that aren't, you know, that are streamable on the back end of your bench that you can drop and see what you need on Sunday with only five games on the slate. Uh, there's going to be guys that don't play most likely on your lineup and, and you'll be able to, you'll be able to roll that way. And I like, I like pairing up the, the Sunday into Monday uh, type deal. So, you know, for week six, like pick up your guy for Sunday and then you'll have him for Monday as a streaming option. And then you can cut him loose on Tuesday and basically you get a two for one, right? You get two games out of a guy and you only have to use one of your pickups uh, for the previous week instead of having to use that pickup the next week. So, you know, you kind of get the best of both worlds there. Uh, so that's, that's kind of how I'd approach this week. I probably wait until after Thanksgiving to figure out my pickups just because there's so many games on Monday and Wednesday uh, early in the week. Yeah, that makes sense. Just off top though. Um, there are some pretty notable names that I think you should grab irregardless of the schedule situation and when to pick this guy up. Kevin Herter is only 30% rostered in Yahoo leagues. DeAndre Hunter is going to be missing significant amount of time, um, at least the next two months after having uh, surgery on his wrist. So that that opens up a huge opportunity for me fantasy wise, because when Kevin Herter is seen at least 30 minutes this year, he's putting up 15.4 points, 4.2 rebounds and 2.6 dimes. He also is pretty good at defense. Um, he can give you almost a steal a game. So. Um, I really like his upside here. He's shooting 47% from the field this year. Um, efficiency was a problem last year, but in his last two games, uh, he scored four, four and five, four and a half, three pointers, 18 points, uh, three assists and, um, and three and a half rebounds. So definitely. Sounds a guy like, that sounds like, pick up. 
It sounds like Tim Hardaway Jr., bro. And this, I, I was going to say, actually, I was going to say he's actually more a Tyler Hero, a little bit. It's, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right. But, I, <laughs> but, Tyler Hero, that's that's what he does. He drops threes. Yeah, but he's at twenty-two points. But Herder can get there with the minutes. He can Dan's, absolutely get there. Dan is just excited because he just scooped Kevin Herder on the waiver wire. So he's. And Do you then, remember Kevin Herter in the playoffs? The- that man was and a baller. The podcast, and then I'm going to go on the podcast and guess about me. <laughs> That's what I do. Hey, I pick hey, up players. I'm a Maryland, I show you. Listen, I'm a Maryland Terrapin, so I know what Kevin Herter can do. I know he can ball out. However, right, the Hawks ultimately run through Trey Young and John Collins and Bogdan Bogdanovich. So there's there's a lot of there's a lot of shots, you know, to go around there in in, uh, in Atlanta. So there's going to be off games for Kevin Herter. He's not going to average 18 points a game. But uh, yeah, I think he's a, I think he's a decent enough pickup, especially when he's starting. He sees thirty minutes a game, and that's that's all you could ask for in, in a guy on the waiver wire. Yeah, who is another guy that you like? I know you're you were feeling Jared Vanderbilt. Jared Vanderbilt is uh, is now in the starting lineup, and he's been playing really good over the last uh, four games. He's getting you nine rebounds, uh, one and a half steals, and one point three blocks, and shooting over sixty one percent from the field. Uh, he looks really good in that role in Minnesota with uh, Jaden Jaden McDaniels now on the bench, uh, and Jaden McDaniels is kind of a funny uh, situation. He he fouls out in like 15 minutes a game, which is insane. But because he comes off the bench now and he knows he's not getting all the minutes, so he's just like he's just tenacious on defense. Doesn't care if he commits fouls, which is which is good for Jared Vanderbilt. Um, but Jared Vanderbilt Jared Vanderbilt's now getting the minutes that you know last year he was a he was a per minute monster. Uh, down the stretch and now that he's a starter like he's a guy that probably should be rostered in most 12 team leagues as long as he's getting those minutes i mean he's been starting most of the season though yeah but it, they went back they went back and forth it was mcdaniels to start the season it was josh okoji for a little bit but he's been on and off the court and recently it's been it's been vanderbilt for like the last couple of weeks i mean he definitely he definitely deserves to be on on almost all 12 team rosters as long as he's starting just because the the potential of the defensive stats yeah, I'm lukewarm on him. Uh, I mean, probably- he gives you. He gives. <laughs> I mean, he gives you like he gives. Dude, he's giving you a, a almost three steals and blocks. What, what more? What more could you want? Uh, is he though? All right. Yeah. Just, uh, all right, Vanderbilt. He's got two stocks. First of all, one point one. One point. He's getting like a steal and a block a game, and he's I'm averaging. Talking about the last, five- I'm talking about the last four. The last four games. Last four games. All right. That's been like, that's been all right. He's been, reba- he's been rebounding stocks. a lot. Eh, three stocks though. Yeah. 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 It's more like three games. One was against Sacramento wasteland. Fair enough. One was against one, yeah. one was against the Spurs, another wasteland. And then, and then Memphis <laughs> pump the break. I mean, all right. Vanderbilt's definitely a pickup, but he's definitely not as worthy of a pickup as Kevin Herter. And you're a Maryland oh. fan, and you're still not standing your boy. That's that's a shameful, shameful. I'll say Vanderbilt over Herder. Wow. Okay. All right. That's a good. That's okay. a good battle. The other one we were talking about last week. I think this has gone. I've seen this in a bunch of different places, actually, though. But uh, Bones Highland was a really popular pickup. I was definitely touting him. I love the way that he looked with his rapport with Jokic. But it's really been Monty Morris um, that I think has been the better fantasy ad, and that's really because he's playing upwards of thirty minutes and. Um, just want to get your thoughts on Monty Morris going forward. It looks like he's pretty much been become the main point guard and the fantasy uh, guard if you're going to own one. Yeah, he's looked he's looked really good. He's another kind of point guard that 
doesn't really turn the ball over very much. He's only at six turnovers in his last six games. He's averaging about six assists per game during that stretch, uh, shooting a decent percentage. Yeah, he's he's definitely the guy uh, to look at uh, in the in the Nuggets backcourt playing alongside Will Barton. Bones Highland was fun for you know a, a couple week. games. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, mean he's not he, even you know, a week. But, yeah, you're right. A couple games, but that's the thing. Yeah, man, that's the thing to remember, right? There's we've got on the show sheet. We've got okay, who's the short term pickups and who's the longer term pickups, right? And Bones Highland's a streamable guy when Will Barton is out of the lineup. But, you know, when Will Barton is there, essentially Bones Highland's playing the same position as Will Barton. And and uh, they're not going to, you know, play him over Monty Morris, who's a very solid point guard. So, right. and then Bones Highland, obviously, like, if he's not hitting his, if he's not hitting his jumper, he's not really doing much else for you. So, yeah, he's a guy that, you know, only if he's getting the, the, the uh, kind of the full-time role is, is a guy that you want on your team. Otherwise, he's not. Yeah, and wanted to highlight another guy. We we talked about this one offline for a while. You're wondering why I had Patty Mills on my squad for so long. <laughs> but he's dropped 20 points. Uh, and this is what you get for him. Like, if you get Patty Mills, you're literally paying for three-pointers and points. And maybe he's been actually dishing out some assists, too. Um, and actually, surprisingly, getting steals. But, yeah, he's hit, just hit a ridiculous amount of threes over his last four games. Um, so I think he's a, definitely a look if you're looking to catch up in three-pointers and or points. He's definitely a person you could add there as he's seen over 30 minutes in four straight. I think he's more than, and I, I have to give you the W on this one. I think he's more than a look like he's, he's averaging six threes with the last four games. Like what? Like that's, that's like Steph Curry, man. And like you he's said, bombing. he's averaging, he's averaging over 30 minutes a game. He has the greenest of lights in Brooklyn. They, they especially, well, Kevin Durant was out last game. So, you know, he got all those shot opportunities. But even with KD in the lineup, like, they bring nobody off the bench that can score uh, outside of Patty Mills. So he just puts up, you know, 10 threes a game. And that's, I mean, that's, a, that's a critical stat in, in non-cat leagues. So definitely a guy that should, should be rostered, especially when the Nets play four games. Yeah, I think he's definitely benefiting from Joe Harris missing time, too, with an ankle injury. So, Good yeah, um, that's definitely a benefit for him. And then the last guy I just want to chat about briefly, THT. Uh, so he's starting, uh, even with LeBron back. I know you scooped him up real early, uh, right before he was about to make his return. But talk to me about THT and why he should be uh, more rostered. Yeah, he he cooked, obviously, in his first three games. Uh, start. He immediately entered the starting lineup for Frank Vogel's Lakers. Gordon Tucker averaged uh, close to 20 points eight boards. So he's looking, he's looking really good. Um, then LeBron came back and he, and he put up, uh, put up a dud, two points, two boards, three assists. Uh, didn't shoot the ball very well. Actually 0 for six in the field that game. Here's the thing. You're going to have those kind of nights because you've got, you know, Le- LeBron's got to get his and AD has got to get his and Russell's got to get his and what's going to be left over for Taylor Horton Tucker. Like, you know, the Lakers obviously value his defense a lot. He still played 27 minutes that first game with LeBron back, but you're going to have nights where he doesn't do very much on the offensive end. So you're hoping he can help you out on, you know, the defensive end of the floor and then with some rebounds and assists. But you're going to have these ebbs and flows with him as long as LeBron's on the floor. But you have to expect that, like, LeBron's probably going to take some games off. He was he was listed as questionable to play today on Sunday. Ultimately, he is playing. So let's see what Taylor Horton Tucker does alongside LeBron uh, in the second game. See if he can kind of get it going a little bit, but he's probably a guy that needs to be rostered as long as he's in the Lakers starting lineup. Totally agree. Um, yeah. I think that he's, he's definitely a person that I'm, I'm looking at because 
I think he's going to get minutes. And I think we're going to see Frank Vogel's bench get a little bit tighter as the Lakers. Their, their squad isn't very good right now. So they're going to have to play some catch up in this Western conference here a little bit. And I think that he's already slotted. I mean, even in that game where he shot 0 for 6, he played 27 minutes. So um, to, to get another player of his youth that can play alongside AD and Westbrook and actually do something and not be scared of the moment. Uh, I think we saw in just a limited sample size, man, first three games of the season, this kid balled out. So yeah, I think he's definitely somebody that you want to look at in 12 team formats for sure. Next up here on buckets is the segment we call elite entries where I'll dive into the prize picks app to build some entries. I'll start off the first entry with Darius Garland. Darius Garland's going up against Brooklyn and he last played them on Wednesday where he dropped 24 points in a 10 point loss. He's averaging 25 points per game since Evan Mobley went out for the last couple of games. And while he's only averaging 17.8 points per game this season, he's cleared 18 and a half in seven of his last 10 games. Now he's played better at home too, scoring 20 and a half points per game compared to only 16 while on the road. I think he'll continue his scoring surge as the Nets allow 23 and a half points to opposing point guards this season, ranking 22nd in the NBA. I'm taking Garland over 18 and a half points. The second play that I like is Shea Gilgis Alexander under 21 and a half points. He's going up against the Atlanta Hawks. So SGA has really struggled over his last five games, only averaging 15.8 points per game over that span. And he's only gone over 21 and a half points in 40% of his contests against Atlanta in his career. He also tweaked his ankle on against Boston on sat on Saturday night. So he comes into Monday night questionable. However, he did play 34 minutes. So I think there's a good chance that he's going to play, but with him only shooting 33% over his last five games, this is a rut. I don't think he's going to be able to get out of going under 21 and a half points for SGA. And my last play, Christian Wood under 17 and a half points going up against Boston. So looking around in other books, I've actually seen Christian Wood's a points prop sitting at 16 and a half at plus money. So the fact that we're getting 17 and a half here, uh, I feel really good about his prospects. Now he did score 20 points in his last meeting against the Boston Celtics in October, but the Celtics front court is stingy against opposing power fours. They're allowing the seventh fewest points per game to the power forward position. And he's only cleared 17 and a half points in four of his last 10 games this season with an average of 14.4 points per game over that span. I think that Christian Wood is really going to continue to struggle at home against the Boston Celtics. I'm taking Christian Wood under 17 and a half points. All right. So that's our elite entry for tonight. Going with Darius Garland over 18 and a half points, Shea Gilgis Alexander under 21 and a half points, and Christian Wood under 17 and a half points. As a reminder, prize picks markets do move, so you'll want to get on that in order to lock in the best numbers. If you haven't created a prize picks account yet, check out the link in our episode description and they'll match your first deposit up to $100. Or Visit prizepicks.com and use the promo code ACTION10. That's A-C-T-I-O-N-10. Okay, now back to the show. A couple other guys I want to mention, just for the fact that they play four games and uh, have pretty favorable schedules. Alec Burks has been really good for the, for the Knicks. Also, you can look at Emmanuel quickly. And a couple of Blazers here. I think we're seeing a little bit more flexibility within the rotation for people like Nasir Little, 
Wouldn't be surprised if he started to enter the starting lineup uh, because he's played really well for the Portland Trailblazers, as well as Larry Nance Jr., who we know can rack up a whole bunch of steals in a short amount of time within limited minutes. So uh, keep an eye out on those guys. Another one that's always fringe for me, but he does a lot to fill up the box score in terms of steals, assists, and that's Killian Hayes. He has a thumb injury that he's working through, so make sure you watch the injury report to see if he's going to be active. But he's another guy that you could pick up for a game or two uh, just to sneak in a couple of uh, supplementary stats there. And then another another guy that I like just talk going on this conversation that plays four games this week is Derek Jones Jr. with with Nikola Vucevic still out for the Bulls. He's been getting it done. He's been coming off the bench and, and seeing more minutes in his last few games. He's playing upwards of 20 minutes a game. Uh, and gets those, some of those defensive stats and rebounds that you're looking for. And so you can't uh, can't ask for much more uh, than that on a on a short week with uh, with four games. So Derek Jones Jr. is definitely a guy that I'd be interested in this week. Yeah, and one last guy that that I've been kind of keeping an eye on. I might pull the trigger on him before you do, Koffler. The Pelicans have four <laughs> games next week. Kira Lewis Jr. has actually been filling in pretty admirably for Devontae Graham. Uh, averaged 25 minutes last week, put up 14 points, three and a half rebounds, two assists, and one and a half steals. Um, hitting a, hitting a, almost two threes per contest. So shooting actually pretty efficiently, 52% from the field on a, on 12 shots. So yeah, Kira Lewis Jr. is somebody that I think it could be useful as well if you're looking to supplement uh, Devontae Graham's injury. We don't know how long he's going to be out. Seems like he's day to day, but yeah, keep him on your watch list for now. Did just scoop Derek Jones Jr. while we're, while we're talking. I see that. I see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah I scooped Derek Jones Jr. and dropped uh, dropped Jaden McDaniel's, who uh, starting to piss me off a little bit. Derek Jones plays tonight, right Sunday night, and then he gets four games next week. This is exactly what I talked about earlier with that earlier strategy. Like use a pickup on Sunday and then get the benefits of full four game slate the the following week. Like that's. That's money, man. You can't like that's that's exactly what you should be doing to maximize the number of games played. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's uh that's that's walking that's walking it like you talk it. Yeah, I think I talked about it last week a little bit. You said you should keep Daniel Gafford. I think I'm out, yo. He sucks. Eight and a half points, four point eight rebounds. He literally only gives you a steal and two blocks. It's the two blocks. Do I want to hold on to him for two blocks? I'm in the fortunate scenario where I'm dominating in blocks. So I think I can cut him. He doesn't really do anything. Five and a half shots per game. He's seen less than 30 minutes. Montrez Harrell has ruined this man. And I don't see it getting any better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I hate I'm, him. Uh, he sucks. I'm not, I'm not entirely cooled on Daniel Gafford yet because of what he can do um, in the steals and blocks category. But he is getting frustrating I think Montrez Harrell is having way more of an effect than anybody thought. And like we talked about last week, Thomas Bryant is going to come back, you know, not maybe not, you know, you know, in the next couple of weeks, but he's on, he's on track to come back around, you know, the new year. And that's going to affect Daniel Gafford and not Montrez Harrell. So if you're getting frustrated and you want to cut bait on Daniel Gafford, I wouldn't be mad at you for doing so. Thank you. All right. Yeah, man. So you can, you can have that. You can you can have that W. I'll take the Derrick Jones Jr. pickup W. <laughs> For real. Um, all right. So I'm gonna go to this trade market thing. There's a really cool feature out of um out of Yahoo that you can see. For anyone that's wondering, you know, what can I get in a sell high, buy low market for some of the players that I may be frustrated with? 
Daniel Gafford does not qualify because I don't even think I could get anything for him at this point. But let's talk about like De'Aaron Fox. I'm going to throw out a couple of trade offers here, Coughlin. You, you tell me if you, if you would take it. So De'Aaron Fox for Christian Wood straight up. I would not do that. Uh, I would take Christian Wood. Ooh, that's interesting. Being that, I, that I'm frustrated with Christian Wood, I might make a little buy low little trade there. Interesting. They both they both suck right now. <laughs> they both suck. The problem. Yeah, you're trading trash <laughs> and trash. <laughs> yeah. So so essentially, why I would take Wood is because I, I you know I don't like guys that don't shoot the ball well uh, from the field or from the line. I mean that's 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 pretty much De'Aaron Fox and De'Aaron Fox turns it over a lot. I just I'm more I'm more attracted to the big men who are going to have the opportunity to pick up those defensive stats. I think that's what I'm drawn to that as opposed to a guy like Darren Fox who needs to really fill it up uh, points and assists to get, to get the value back. Yeah. To, to that point, you would think that Christian Wood would be one of those. He definitely gives you defensive stats. He's averaging, you know, two stocks, but he's actually shooting really poorly for a big man, 45% from the field. That that's pretty bad for him. And he's been gross 44, 43% over the last week, 42% over the last two weeks but his free throws are hot garbage. I mean, he's shooting a decent <laughs> amount of them too, man. I'm like with you. He's, he's a, buy, he's a buy low. He's, he's, yeah. a defi- he's actually, he's the definition of a buy really low from a disgruntled fantasy manager, because <laughs> like you said, shooting 45% from the field, from the field last season, he was at almost 52%. Like that's going to, that's going to come up a little bit. I mean, obviously the Rockets are trying to figure out how to play with each other. That's a kind of it's a completely different team. You know, uh, young guys, uh, Shangun, you know, in and out of the lineup playing, you know, or Daniel Tice, uh, Jalen Green, obviously. So I think there's going to, I think everyone's going to, everyone's role is going to kind of get solidified here as we move forward. So yeah. I, I think that, I think there's a lot of opportunity for Wood to come up. And then he's shooting, you know, almost, uh, you know, 10 percentage points less than uh, from the free throw line that he did last season. She, only shooting 53% from the line. That's atrocious. But I, yeah. I think it's a great opportunity to buy low, man, for real. Yeah. Yeah, I think the most common trade that I've seen here involving Darren Fox is actually for Christian Wood. So that's pretty interesting. The other one I was I was looking at was that I found pretty interesting was Darren Fox for CJ McCollum. I think that that's assuming that you're thinking that McCollum's going to come down to earth a little bit. I don't know that if I'm the McCollum manager, I'd be wanting that one. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no way. McC- McCollum, McCollum, it's a very, in Portland, it's a very narrow, uh, you know, funnel for production and it goes through Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. And even if Damian Lillard is the one a, it's still like a one B situation with McCollum. Just, just, you know, the, the way that he's been performing early in the season. And if Damian Lillard has those down games, McCollum's going to have come up games. Like he's going to be a top 10 guy, you know, in some weeks because Lillard's going to have down games. Uh, I don't ever see that happening for De'Aaron Fox. Uh, so the last one uh, I'm going to run by you real quick. De'Aaron Fox for Darius Garland and Tyrese Halliburton. No way. Absolutely Wait, what? no way. Wait, somebody got Garland and Halliburton? Absolutely no way. This was done like a week ago. So maybe that's insane. This, that's insane. Maybe this is before maybe it's before Sexton Sexton was ruled out for the season or something. But Garland that's crazy. Garland might I might take Garland straight up over De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, that's, a, throw, that's an interesting. Throw, trade. Bro, yeah. throw 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 name value out the window. There's Garland yeah. Darius Garland yeah. is hooping. And he's gonna continue he's gonna continue to hoop without Colin Sexton. Yeah. I like that a lot. 
All right, man, that will that will close out our show, man. Any parting words or thoughts you have for the uh, entering week six? Yeah, make sure you pick up Jared Vanderbilt. <laughs> 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 and uh, I can't wait to see what Taylor Horton Tucker does playing alongside LeBron uh, Sunday night. Obviously, you know, at the time of this podcast, we'll know. But uh, if, if he puts up another two points, three rebounds, two assists, then we're, we probably got to cut bait, man. We, You know, I. I'd like to think that he's, you know, a guy that I want to hold on to, but there's too many people in, in LA if they're all healthy, right? That's fair. That's fair. Um, and I'm going to put out some trade offers for Darren Fox because I believe in Alvin Gentry. So here we go. Uh, oh, I have one more parting word. Yeah. I saw, I saw a video of Evan Mobley uh, shooting mid-range jumpers and he has that, that uh, elbow injury for, I think he's out two to four two, weeks. Yeah. Two, three I, weeks. Yeah. I would, I would put some, I would put out some, some uh, offers for him. If people think he's going to be out a little bit longer, he had a couple of not so good games leading up to the injury that people might forget how good he was uh, for the first like 10 to 12 games of the season. I I throw out some offers on, on Evan Mobley too. Yeah. That's a great call. That's that's yeah. That's probably the most sound advice actually this whole entire podcast. <laughs> I completely, yeah, you're right, man. Like he, he was a stud before and now that Sexton's out, He's going to step in as that as that second score for that team. So, yeah, huge, humongous upside there what that kid can do um, and also buy low on his his rookie of the year uh, numbers because it probably went down once he got hurt. And Cade Cunningham starting to ball out a little bit. But don't be confused. Evan Mobley is the best rookie in this class. So, yeah, do that. All right. So that will conclude our show. Make sure to check back in with us. We will be back for week seven. Look ahead next week. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Be sure to download the Action Network app for all of the bets and follow our experts if you want to win some money. Uh, We'll be back with buckets for two episodes. Till then, we'll holla at you. Peace.